Blog Talk Radio. and praise God for just another opportunity to join in the airwaves with you in the blessing of 2018. This is the first Sunday of this new year, and we are just really, really grateful unto God that he saw fit that we be a part of this morning, this movement, this um, this incredible time in the Lord. It is an exciting time in God, and I am so, so very grateful that he placed me in this scheme of things in eternity. I would ask you just to kind of forgive my, my nasally voice today. I'm a little, my sinuses are a little clogged, but to God be the glory. Anyway, we are going to do this thing. Good afternoon, my beautiful and talented co-host, Miss Tanya Roberts. How are you? You know what? It's always my pleasure to say, to hear your voice another day and another Sunday. Amen. Because believe it or not, Amen. those six days go by so fast before we know it. So how are you, beautiful? I'm awesome. I am awesome. I thank and praise God for who he is and the fact that I belong to him. So it doesn't get any better than that. I don't care what else is going on around, you know. Anytime you come to the realization and the knowledge and the understanding of just what that means, that I belong to him, then all the rest of it is good, you know. It is good because he takes care of those that belong to him. So it's it's a wonderful, wonderful day in the neighborhood, as they would say. Awesome. Now tell everybody what the show is going to be about today. Well, I wanted to start 2018 out strong, and we tried to do this show uh, probably about a month and a half ago and had technical difficulties and what have you, so I was like, okay, no problem. You know, I will not be defeated, nor should will you. Um, and so God just dropped it in my spirit, this is the time. So our topic today is possessing the seven mountains of influence, and I think it's just appropriate that we delve into this topic being that we have have experienced the first week of 2018, and I know that last week we talked about finishing 2017 strong and beginning 2018 even stronger. So I just really 
want to stay in that vein and make sure that our mindset is that of, you know, growth and expansion and possessing the land and all the wonderful things that, you know, God has in store for us this year. And we have to um, a lot of times reset our mind. Okay, we have to do a reset. I know that's that's something near and dear to your heart because you've talked about resetting. Um, And and this is important that a lot of times we have to stop and take assessment of where are we, why are we where we are, and what are we planning to do with where we are, okay? Um, God has strategically placed each and every one of us in places that we may influence those that are around us. And many people don't understand that. They don't understand the power of the influence that they have on the sheer fact that they belong to God. That fact alone, if you embody the Holy Spirit, the the true and living Spirit of God inside your temple, and we know that our body is the living temple of the Holy Ghost, if we have accepted him and as we've accepted Christ as our Savior and we believe God, we believe he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, and we have faith in God, when we put all of those pieces together and we recognize the power that resides within us, then we have to grow in our understanding of why we possess that power. So often we take it so lightly. We, we, we do not utilize probably, I would say, 75% of the power that resides within each and every one of us because we don't fully understand it. We don't understand why it's there. We don't understand our purpose, you know, in God's scheme and plan. Of things, and we don't understand kingdom. We say all the time, you know, kingdom has become this new um, quote unquote Christian cliche word. You know, everybody now is talking about kingdom, and we're going to be a kingdom church, we're kingdom this, we're kingdom that. We don't understand what that means. And, and that, that is one of the reasons why God said in His word, in all thy getting, get understanding. Knowledge is the principal thing, or wisdom, I'm sorry, wisdom is the principal thing, but in all thy getting, get understanding. When you get a full knowledge and understanding of what it means to truly be an ambassador for Christ, to truly expand the kingdom of God, then you better understand you are better in a better position. Let me put it that way. You're in a better position to understand uh, your your place of influence in this earth realm. And so that is why I wanted to, to talk about um, the seven mountains of influence today because if we are going to start 2018 even stronger than we finished 2017, then we need to understand what lies ahead of us and why. Why have you been chosen to influence your surroundings? Now, some are chosen for a specific specific mountain and to have influence in that specific place. But you know what, Tanya, there are many, there are many that are chosen to have influence in all seven, all seven mountains. And it's just a call of God on their life, and he will use them in all these different areas. 
why were he used them in all these different areas? Because they have submitted and surrendered themselves to him. And it's not about them. It's not about them being puffed up. It's not about the finger being pointed at them. It's not about them getting the glory. It is all about pointing others to Christ, pointing others to, to God so that they recognize and understand the love that the Father has for them and how intense that love is. So, um, that's why it's in my heart today. That that is my heart for for our topic today. So I'm gonna let you comment if you have comments at this point. You know what, sis? I love what you just said, and we all need to realize that everyone. I believe everyone has a gift of some sort. I'm being honest with you. I heard um, Joel Osteen say one time, "Man, I knew a guy that was a drug dealer, and I told him you would make a good accountant." And everybody laughed. If you can count money and you can keep up with that, then why couldn't you turn it over to the other side of what God has for you? You can mm-hmm. be a great accountant. Really? Does that really? make sense? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A rebellious child is once God delivered them. Why wouldn't you be good with kids? Why wouldn't you be able to help kids from where you come from? I believe that our right. testimonies in our lives, where we've been in our lives, is the reason why we can allow God to use us. A lot of people don't like to be used yeah. because you have to be transparent. A lot of people don't mm. like to be used because they it's, they feel like it's a weakness. But you know what? Yeah, I remember a show that we had a long, 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 long time ago, and I said this. I told the Lord, they used me. He said, no, they didn't use you. I used you. I said, but they mm. took from me. He said, it couldn't took anything that I didn't give you. It was never yours to begin with. Wow. But they hurt me. No, they didn't hurt you. They hurt me first, and then in my and then in your weakness, you got hurt. So what we're trying to tell people right now for 2018, it's time to shift. And my biggest, biggest, you're absolutely right, sis. What thank you, Jesus, was put on my heart is start the rewind button, hit it. When are you going to hit that rewind button and rewind all that crap away and begin a new life? And the people that you love, and the people that you're around have to accept that. And if they don't, then I believe. They were never meant to be in your life to begin with. So it's time right. to just move on, like you're saying, and seek God. I said to you when we were talking about what we were going to talk about today, and I said to you, this is perfect. It ties in good with fasting and praying. My right. church down here began, they begin tomorrow. And it depends on what you're really seeking God for and what you're asking God for. Because if people don't realize one thing, it's time to seek him while he can be found. I remember my godmother saying to me a long time ago, God does not always chide with you. I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean he doesn't always chide? I mean, what do you mean? He's going to go away? Well, what you don't understand (laughs) is it's like anything else. If you're in a relationship and that person keeps trying to connect with you, and no matter what they they do, they can't connect with you. Well, if they love themselves, eventually they'll go away. It's not that they stop loving you. It's not that they stop caring about you. It's just that sometimes in order – To be healed, you have to heal yourself. Not sometimes, all the time, but in certain instances. So I want you to start talking about those seven mountains and those seven things that we have to, how we're being used. Because I know what it's like to be used on many multifacets. But I also know what it's like to make mistakes and backslide and do other things, and you're not being used at all. It doesn't mean that the, the, the gifts are gone. It's like typing. You can start off typing 65 words a minute, but if you don't type for a while, then guess what? 
You might start off typing 35, but if you were good at it before, you can be greater and better at it now. And that's what we're getting ready to talk about a little bit. Right, sis? Amen. Amen. I want to I wanna transgress in time, and I want to go back to um, the strategy behind the seven mountains of societal influence. Because a lot of people don't understand. They don't really understand that this was a God-given mandate. It was given to um, a gentleman by the name of Bill Bright, who was the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ. I know everybody is, well, most people are familiar with Campus Crusade for Christ. It is a world-renowned ministry, um, and God used him mightily. And, And what I very interesting as I did a little bit of research on Bill Bright. He did an interview once for CBN, and in his interview for CBN, he called himself a slave to Christ. And I believe that it was this mindset and this mentality that put him in a place where God could use him that millions, literally millions, would come into the knowledge of who God is or who Christ is or to give their their lives to the Lord because he surrendered all. I, I read where he and his wife actually signed a contract and they went into a contract with God saying that they surrendered themselves to be slaves to God. Now, Today in our society, man, you let somebody come and tell you something about being a slave and you're going to have to fight, okay, because the mindset is is that, you know, you possess your own freedom and you possess, you know, who you are, and if if it's your choice and you make the choice to do what you want to do, it's your world, you know, and everybody else is just a squirrel trying to get a nut, okay, Um, So most people don't have that type of mindset to understand what it really and truly means to surrender all to Christ, what it really means to say, God, it is not my way, it is not my will, but it's all you, Father. It is all you. Whatever it is that you want out of my life, whatever it is that you have for me to do, All of that is what I want to do. I want to align myself with your purpose for creating me. I want to align myself with the reason that I exist. And because I have to go to my creator who created me with purpose and destiny to figure that out, in my going to him, I have to surrender myself to him. So when you Think if you, if you, normally if you can trace the root of something, you can understand the process of something. So that's why it was really important to me to figure out and go back to how this whole thing started. Now, the world has taken it and did their own thing with the seven mountains. But this is how it began. It began as a move of God through his servant, Bill Bright. And so as he, as he surrendered himself and God gave him um, this vision and birthed this thing forth, he named off seven facets of society where we as the body of Christ need to have influence. And this, this is what 
really, really blessed me as I did more research about this. I thought I I read about the the meaning of the church, and a lot of us, you know, we don't know Greek, but we studied certain Greek words, and you've probably heard the word ecclesia. It is the Greek word for the church, and the word ecclesia means government. It means to rule. It's a governmental um, call. So when you think about that, that the church is a governmental call, then it, 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 it reshapes everything. It reshapes everything. Um, it said, well, let me, let me say this. Um, one of the translations says it was a governing body, okay, that the ecclesia is a governing body. What do governing bodies do? They rule over governments. They rule over people. They rule over societies. They rule over nations. I believe the word of God says for us to ask him for the nations, and he would give them to us. How do we even process in our mind the capability of asking for the nations if we don't understand why we're asking for them? We are asking for them so that the influence of the Holy Spirit, which resides within us, can be imparted into them. That's what it's about. It is about that influence of God, his precious spirit on a body of people. When you can influence people to know and to love the God you serve by the life you live, then you have influence in that society, and then that society can make a change within itself. So this is why it is important that we take stock of these seven mountains of influence and understand our place in them. Now, I'm going to tell you what those seven mountains are, and then we're going to look at them one by one. They are um, religion, family, education, government, media, arts and entertainment, and business. Again, religion, family, education, government, media, arts and entertainment, and business. Now, tradition, (laughs) and that's why we have definitely got to break the backbone of tradition in the body of Christ. Tradition has taught for way too long that as quote-unquote Christians, we should stay away from most of these things. We shouldn't be involved in government. We shouldn't be involved in arts and entertainment. We shouldn't be involved in business. And, and when you think about that, I mean, think about it. It just, for me, it makes me go to shake my head. It, it just makes me shake my head because why wouldn't the body of Christ be involved in the very areas that rule this nation? That's the problem now. We have allowed tradition to cause us to take a back seat, and instead of ruling and reigning in these areas, we have allowed the enemy to set up his forces in those areas and look at what the society has become because of it. Had we been in our proper place, that place of rulership in these areas, We wouldn't be going through half the things we're going through as a country today. We wouldn't. Ronald Reagan, 
when he was president, he said that if everybody lived according to the Ten Commandments and the Golden Rule, our problems would cease. And that might sound strange, but think about it. If you live your life according to the Ten Commandments, you're not going to lie, you're not going to steal, you're not going to commit adultery, you're not going to kill, you're not going to covet your neighbor's goods, you're, you know, you're going to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. You're going to do all the things that God has commanded of you. So therefore, if you're living your life according to that, then you're not going to do any harm to those that you come into contact. And the golden rule is to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If we started living according to that, doing unto others as we would desire them to do unto us, not the way they treat us, but the way we would desire them to treat us, the world would be a totally different place, totally different place. But we've got to get into a shifting in our mindset so that we understand our our crucial role in this critical season of this society. I'm talking from a standpoint of being a quote-unquote American, but this is not just isolated to the country of America. This is global. This is global because God's ecclesia, his governing body, is a global governing body. It's global. It's worldwide. And it is time that we take our rightful place in these areas. Now, the way that they're listed on most people's um, charts is they have religion first. But I change it for myself. I think that our greatest influence is family first. It is family first. I think our first call to ministry is to our family. Our first call to service is unto our family because guess what? God created family before he created the church. Family was first. Family is still vitally important to God above all else. Think about it. He does unto us because we are the sons of God. We are family. One of the first things that he said was he adopted us into his family. Even though he had a chosen people that he had set aside as his people, when Christ came, Christ came that all men could be adopted into the family of God to become sons of God to become heirs and joint heirs with Christ in ruling and reigning. So it's important that we understand our first place of influence is in our family. I I wrote something out a couple of weeks ago dealing with what God was showing me for this year, and and it was four words, and the first one um, was dealing with us getting to a place of acknowledgement of God in the family. Excuse me. We had to get to that place where we gave access. Family unit became the first place of that first place of acknowledging who God was. It was that place where God established Himself first and foremost. He established Himself so that we would know who He was. Now, if you think back to uh, the the 
before the Bible was written, in the construction of those days. It was biblical times, but there was no Bible that the people could gather around and read. The first thing that they did as God taught them things, as Moses taught them the laws, is to sit around as a family unit and pass down the word of God, pass down the teachings of God, pass down what God was speaking to the body. We need to get back to that. We need to have influence in our family so that we're not one way when we come together as a corporate body in a building that we have titled a church. We need to be what we are first and foremost in our households before our children, before our spouses. We need to be the epitome of who God has called us to be. We need to rule and reign in a governing manner in our homes. We need to go back to the, just as what was, I refer back to this a lot, but because this one scene just sticks out in my mind when I talk about the family, and that's that scene um, in, um, oh, shoot, Priscilla Shriver in the the movie she played she played the the lady I, I can't think of the name of the movie right this moment but at any rate when she was warring for her marriage and for her family she got up and she walked through that household and she prayed vehemently and she kicked Satan out the door she got up opened up the door and kicked that spirit out of her home. We have got to get back to that place of influence where we stand up for our families. We let the enemy know you cannot have them, where we intercede earnestly salvation of the family unit. My Bible taught me that not just me, not just myself would be saved, but my whole household would be saved. It's in Acts. I don't know the verse right now, this moment, but it's in Acts where God said, not just you, but your whole household will be saved. And that was a promise that he gave me early on, like within a couple of months after I gave my life to him. And I have stood on that promise for 29 years. I don't care what I see my children do or my grandchildren, and now I got great-grand. I don't care what they had to walk through because God did not give respect a person to me with everything I walked through before I gave my life to him, nor the things I've walked through since I gave my life to him. His word has yet stood in my life. So I believe his word is yet going to stand in my family's life. My kids go through things. They're grown now with children and grandchildren of their own, but it does not matter because what God's word said about them when he said it to me when they were still teenagers, still stands today, even though they're in their 40s. I still stand on. My son may be going through some things right now, but God is a God who is true to his word, and he is that king and that ruler of his household and his family. He is that man of God, that man of valor that God said that he was when he pronounced life into his body, when I didn't even know what I was carrying. I was 14 years old carrying a child and didn't even realize what I possessed within me. But God knew because babies aren't accidents. So maybe my timing wasn't perfect for my life, but his birth was perfect in God because that life yet lived. So I know that I know that there's purpose and destiny in that life because God is the giver of life. 
We've got to get to that place of influence in our families where we don't take down and we live the life of God in there before them. We're not double-minded. We're not living a double standard. We're not showing one thing to the world and something else to our families. We're not showing one thing to our religious leaders and another thing to our family. We're not out there trying to get accolades out in the highways and the byways and forgetting family. Sometimes we get so involved in ministry that we forget family. Family is first. Your first call to ministry, as I said a moment ago, is your family. Take care of your family. Stand in God with your family. Come together as a family. You pray. You fast. You seek the face of God. You worship together. You share testimonies together. But family comes first. The second sphere of influence we want to talk about is quote-unquote religion. Now, y'all know me. Anybody that has listened to me for more than 10 minutes know me. I don't deal in religion. I deal in kingdom. I deal in relationship. Okay? Religion will kill you. Religion is a name and a title that man put on the body to try to give them some kind of, I guess, stature. I don't know. But religion is not of God. There are many religions out there. Many. Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam. There are religions of the yang yang. Okay? Religions we don't even know about that somebody started. But relationship with God, there's only one. If you have a relationship with God, can't nobody take that away from you. Can't nobody take that away from you. And that relationship with God will give you influence with others. And the body of Christ right now, seriously, as divided as it is, it needs influencers right this moment. It needs people that will take a flat foot stand for God, and for God they live, for God they will die, and they will not live according to, quote, unquote, man's traditions and religion. According to the word of God, they will live according to the relationship with God. Because when you live according to your relationship with God, God said those that love him keep his commandments. So you will walk under, as Bill Bright said, as a slave unto God. It is okay to submit and surrender all to him. It all belongs to him. He's giving you the ability to a few little things and we don't let that go to our head. We think it's ours. It's all his. Because I tell you, today or tomorrow, if he says, hey, come on home, you ain't taking it with you. All you're going to do is appear, for him, appear before him with the question, what did you do with my son? What did you do with the blessings that I gave you? It will be like the three servants that were each given talent. What did you do? Did you take the talent that I gave you and hide it? Or did you multiply it by sharing it with others? So we need influences in the body of life that are not steeped in tradition, that are steeped in the word of God and in relationship with God. The next one we're going to talk about is education. Now, I put family first because I believe that all the rest of these will fall in line if we do correct things 
with our family, if we treat our family right, if we live the life that God has called us to in front of our family, I think everything else falls in line. So right now, everybody, well, for years, for years and years and years, because this happened way back when, that when prayer was taken out of school and everybody was in an uproar. My my take on that, and this is quite that, okay, my take on that is if you're doing what you're supposed to do in your household and in your family, prayer didn't go nowhere. It's still in school because you taught your child how to pray, and your your child is still praying, whether it's corporately or not, they're praying. They're covered by the blood of Jesus because you have covered them. You have taught them how to cover themselves. So the educational piece, okay, would come together if we are teaching our children properly how to stand in God. We raise up a child in the way they should go. We train them in the ways of God. So that when you send that baby off to college, they're not in that freshman year losing their mind and drinking and sexing and partying and do, and flunking out of school. No, their mind is set on the things of God. Their mind is it's more important to them to be God-pleasers than man-pleasers. So therefore, peer pressure is not going to influence them. Their peer pressure is with their peers in the realm of the spirit those that are connected to the Lord, God will give them godly associates. God will give them godly influencers in their lives. God will teach them how to walk upright. And then those that want to go on to be educators, they will know that they have an influence with their students, and that influence is the spirit of God that is before them and within them. You've got teachers all over this country right now under fire, okay, for their belief in Christianity, for their belief in Jesus Christ, okay? They're not under fire if they're Muslim. They're not under fire if it's Buddhism. They're not under fire if it's Hinduism. So don't buy into this crap about it's about religion. No, it's not. It's about a belief system that says for God I live and for God I'll die, and my Savior is Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, the son of the true and living God. That's what's under fire. So it is not about religion. Don't buy into the media, which we're going to talk about in a moment, rendition of, oh, well, you know, we're trying to keep religion out of school. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with religion. Religion is fine in school. It's a belief in God Almighty. It's a belief that Jesus is the Son of God and that our sins have been forgiven because of his sacrifice on the the cross and the fact that he didn't stay in the grave, but he rose with all power. That's where the, the fight is. So we need to recognize and understand. Don't bow down to what the world tells you is the issue. Get in a place of knowledge and understanding so you can be influential. We need, quote, unquote, Christian teachers, okay? We need those that believe, that believe God, that have faith in God, that live that godly life before our because they're being indoctrinated with every kind of wickedness in the classroom, and it's okay. Homosexuality is just fine to be taught in the classroom, but oh, God forbid that you mention the name of Jesus 
seriously? But why have we gotten to that state in our educational system where the founding fathers of this country taught from the word of God in the classroom? That was curriculum. That was curriculum. And we, we, we're going to talk about government next. We have the audacity to listen to our quote-unquote lawmakers tell us, well, you know, it's about separation of church and state, so therefore, quote-unquote, religion shouldn't be taught in school. But again, Hinduism is fine, Buddhism is fine, Confucius is fine, any other philosopher you want to bring in there is fine. And all religion is is a belief system. So if you're talking philosophy, it's still a belief system. Seriously? No. It is a blatant attack on the followers of Jesus Christ. So understand that. So then understand why it is so important that we have influence and expand the kingdom of God in our educational system, that we have true believers, not religiosity, but true believers, those that have a relationship with Father God, so that the life they live has influence over the children to cause them to not want to do the wrong thing, to not want to pursue after the ungodly, but to pursue after a life with God. Our next thing is government. And you will tell, and people tell you all the time, you know, oh no, you know, Christians shouldn't be in politics and what have you. That sickens me, because government is rulership. Where in the world does it ever tell us that we should not be in rulership? In fact, it is just the opposite. All through the Word of God, we are to reign and to rule, reign and to rule. So why wouldn't we have a seat at the table in government? Here's our problem. We need to have people of strong, strong commitment to the things of God, strong commitment to morality, strong commitment to the word of God, strong commitment to the relationship of God so that they don't tower, so that they are not corrupted when they get to a place of power. Because, see, if he has people that he can trust to put into those positions that won't cow down or, or bow down to societal ways just because it, it, it's, they're going to go with the flow, then he will promote you in that place. In every sphere that we're talking about right now, God is looking for those that he can use in those places to put them in a place of power, to put them in a place of influence. But he's got to know that he can trust you in that place that he's putting you in. Some of you have walked through hell. And there's a reason, because during that walk, you were established. You have tried God and know him to be true. Temptations that would normally beset someone that is put in a place of power, he doesn't have to worry about you succumbing to those things because you have gotten to that place in him where you know the world don't have nothing to give you but a hard way to go. It is all about him. You have to get into that kingdom mindset that it is about kingdom empowerment. It is about 
I want to influence these different places so that I can empower the Spirit of God's rule in these places. I can be an example to who God is in these places. It is vital. It is vital that we get to that place in him. It is vital that we get to a place where he can trust us and he can do it. He can do it. But it first comes with that same mindset that Bill Bright had where I'm just a slave for Christ. It's like whatever you want me to do, God, I'll do. They asked him, I read this interview, they asked him, so did you take a vow of poverty? He said, absolutely not. He said, being a slave to God does not mean a vow of poverty. And then he went to talk about when he first established Campus Crusade for Christ, he had almost a mansion, a very, very beautiful home that he used to invite the students over to, him and his wife, to entertain them, to teach them the ways of God. And then he said when he moved from that house, he moved into someone else's home, and that place was really a, literally a castle in, in L.A. Okay, so he said, no, it was absolutely not a vow of poverty. What it was, though, was understanding what being a slave under God meant. It meant that God was responsible for me, so it was never about me. It was about him all the time, and he takes very good care of his own. So I didn't have to worry about those things. He provided because it belonged to him. I was just a steward. When you can get that mindset, this is not about me. This is about you, Lord, but I want to be a good steward over the things that you have given me. So I want to make sure that I use it and utilize it to the best of my ability to be an influencer for you. As an ambassador, if we ever get a full understanding of what an ambassador is, an ambassador never promotes his own agenda. He promotes the agenda of the government that placed him in that place. And wherever that ambassador is, right at that moment, that is the soil of that country that sent him there. Think about the embassies. When you go anywhere, the American embassy, when you step into the American embassy, you are on U.S. soil, even in Afghanistan, even in Iraq, even in India, even in China. I don't care where you go in the world. When you walk into the embassy of the United States, you are on U.S. soil. And it's governed by the United States of America, and that's where the ambassador lives. That's where he resides. So think about it. As ambassadors of Christ, in whatever sphere he has placed you, he has placed you there so that when you step into that territory, then you have now said, uh, I, this, this I claim in the name of God. This, this territory is now kingdom territory. It is the kingdom of God's territory. Why? Because I am here, and I am his representative. Think about your job. Uh, God was dealing with me with this on my way home from church today, and he just showed me so clearly. He said, think about the jobs that you're on. He said, you are there specifically to influence that place with the kingdom of God. You are there to be a blessing to that place. And every place, I don't care, it can be the most heathenistic job place in the world. But it will get blessed while you're there because it is a blessing unto you because God is using you to be there. 
So either he's using it to pay your bills or he's using it for it to be your pulpit, so to speak, where you can live the life, okay? Hear me. You know, we all think a pulpit is where you preach the word, but where you can live the life. If your leaders who step behind a pulpit are not living the life of Christ, then they're not the proper leaders for you to be sitting under. If they're not an example to the ways of Christ, then why are you there? Why are you there? Because you know what? That that you attach yourself to, you will become. So you don't want to attach yourself to ungodly leadership, especially in God's school, quote, unquote, because that's all that, quote, church building is, because you are the church. So when you go into that building to cohabitate together, to praise, to worship, and to seek knowledge of God, when you go to God's school, then you make sure that that man or that woman that's standing behind that desk, sacred desk, teaching you the ways of God, is someone that's living out what they're teaching you and not being a hypocrite. Because, again, you attach yourself to hypocrites, you're going to become a hypocrite. You don't want that. You don't want that. So it's vital that we have godly men and women influencing our government. The next fear is the media. Now, we've heard so much this past year about, quote, unquote, fake news. A lot of that is true. You cannot put your stock in what that reporter is telling you. News reporters are prone to sensationalize, especially the bad stuff. They blow the bad stuff up all over the place. They give a little blimp to anything good, but whatever's bad, it's like sensationalized and it's everywhere, be it truth or false. That is how they sell their their papers, that is how they get ratings for their news reports, all of that. So you need to be careful what you're taking in, especially those that, of you love to be on the news channels all day long, and that's what you're absorbing. My news I find in the Word of God, because guess what? There is nothing new under the sun. And if there's something particular that God wants to bring attention to me about, he knows how to get it to me. I don't watch the news. Very, very often, very rarely. I, my husband loves the news. My daughter is addicted to MSBN, M, what is it, MSNBC? Yeah, you know. I mean, it's playing all the time. I My news is in the world. My news is getting before God because I promise you, if you get up in the morning and get before God, he's going to tell you whatever you need to know about that day. He's going to lead God and direct your footsteps. He's going to tell you where to go, where not to go, what to do and what not to do. He's going to prepare you before things happen. So if you want good news, correct news, you better get in the face of God. But saying that, we still need godly people in the media. And and let me say this, because I have seen shows on Christian television that, you know, perpetrate (laughs) <laughs> that, you know, they're, they're good news shows because, you know, they're quote-unquote Christian shows or what have you. But I watched 
him, and I'm like, you know what? You as far right as other people are far left. Where's the balance? Where's the truth that's in between? Because all you're doing is populating and promoting what you feel, and these other people over there are populating and promoting what they feel. But where's the truth? The truth lies somewhere in the middle. If I want the truth of what a situation is, I'd better get before God because he is truth. So we need people to influence that fear of info, uh, in that fear of the media, so that they can be connected to God's truth, and not be swayed by the left or the right, by the Republicans or the Democrats, by the blacks or the white. But they are swayed only by the Spirit of the Living God, so they give you truth. Because that's the only news you need to be watching is true. I got to hurry. I got two more to go, and we, we're running short of time. So the next one is um, arts and entertainment. Oh, my God. We have definitely seen um, of the body of Christ in arts and entertainment in the past few years, and I thank God for that because now we're, we, we have made noise in Hollywood, and they have figured out, uh, okay, it's something about these quote-unquote faith-based movies and shows and things that sell. So they're inviting us to the table for all the wrong reasons, but guess what? It is giving us a seat at the table for all the reasons that God would have us there. So these are places that we need to have influence. We need to be influential as to what our children are watching on television or what movies they're watching. We need to have influence in that. So we need to have influence in that arena, in arts and entertainment. We need to allow God to raise up people, people like Devin Franklin, who is a a big producer in Hollywood, who is a pastor who God put a call on his life, and he said when he sent him to Hollywood, all the people around him, because he grew up in in church, were like, oh, no, don't go there. You'll be corrupted there. And he knew. He heard clearly from God. No, 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 I'm not going to get corrupted by them. I'm going to influence them. And in the 20 years he's been there, he's been able to do that because he didn't sway. To the ways of the world because he stood in the things that God had called him to stand on and now he has his own production company and is highly successful. Other people like that, that God can raise up, do the right thing, that can promote the right entertainment. God doesn't care about you watching movies, okay? But he does care about what movies you're watching. He does care about what you're ingesting within yourself. He does care. He, he wants his children to enjoy life, to be entertained. He likes that. But how are you being entertained is at stake. What are you allowing yourself to be entertained by? That's what's at stake. So we definitely need to take over that arena. And then the last one is my favorite, and that's business, because you guys know I just I have such a love for entrepreneurs, and I believe in my soul that entrepreneurship is a call from God. It is not something that you just go out and do. I teach kingdom empowerment seminars that teach 
Christians how to incorporate the spiritual things of God with the natural things of business to give you supernatural success. I promise you, if you bring God into your business and give your business to God and allow him to orchestrate it and conduct it through you, your business will be a billion-dollar business. It can't fail because there is no failure in God. And you can do that and utilize that to help build and further the kingdom of God. It's not your business. It's his business that he has given you stewardship over, which brings me right back to Bill Bright and his commitment, him and his wife, to be slaves of Christ. mandate was first started in 1975, the Seven Mountains of Societal Influence. And it came from a man that gave his life to God and understood the importance of allowing God to be represented on every level, every societal level. And you know what? You got to be real with what you're allowing yourself and how, let me put it this way, how you're being allowed to represent God. We now live in the social media era and once Facebook went live, oh, my God, I ain't seen so many prophets and apostles and bishops in my life. Everybody has a platform now because everybody has a camera. But are they called of God? What is it that they're putting out there? The word in, in church this morning, the, the um, guest speaker dealt with the, the order of God. And that the order in, I believe it was 1 Corinthians 12, in the order he established first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. That was his order. Before the gift, before any of the rest of the stuff, he established apostles, he established prophets, and then he established teachers. And he talked about the of things being done decently and in order. And he talked about the apostle, he didn't say this, but this is what I know of an apostle, is that the apostle establishes order. He comes in, he, he reigns over territory, okay? What he said was the gift that the apostle brings is the gift of possession. The, again, the apostle establishes territories that just all fits in. So he brings the gift of possession to you. If you recognize your apostle, that apostolic leader in your life, he has the ability to speak unto you the, the power to possess. The prophet comes along and has the ability to speak unto you prosperity. But everything is decent and in order. So first you possess and then you prosper. Well, your first possession better be the spirit of the living God because if you possess that, then you can prosper in everything that God has called you to. And then that third one, he didn't get to, but God dropped in my spirit is that teacher. That teacher is that one that gives you understanding, gives you clarity. And normally your apostle possesses all three. Okay, apostle, he is a prophet and he is a teacher. Because if he's going to establish you in your possession, then he's got to, he's got to be able to tell you how to possess, how to prosper in that thing. And he definitely has to be able to give you understanding. And that's what the teacher comes along to do. It's to give understanding. So it's important that we do things decently and in order. And just because man gave you a 
not mean that that title belongs to God. And you better stop and step back. People out here buying titles off the Internet these days. You better try the spirit by the spirit. You better not listen to everything just because somebody called themselves a prophet. You better check with God. Is this your prophet or is he just somebody out there prophet lying? It's important in this hour in which we live that we have clarity, that we know that we know that those that we allow to speak into our lives have been ordained by God to speak into your life. Don't just listen to everything and everybody. You better put a gear a gate over your ear or ear guard, seriously, because you don't want to take all that crap in, especially proper lies. You don't want to do it because you will be so disappointed, and that's the whole purpose of a prophet lie, okay, is to turn you from the heart of God instead of to the heart of God because you get so disappointed that that quote-unquote prophecy did not come to pass that, oh, well, this is not real. So you turn away from God. Mm, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself for real. Find out if that person that's speaking into your life is speaking to you from the throne room and the heart of God. More importantly, you get your face before God so that you can hear clearly from God for yourself, for yourself. So um, I think I've delivered my heart. (laughs) I just really, it is so in my heart that being our strong knowing Understanding that you have purpose and destiny, that there's a reason why you have been called to the place that you've been to. Seek God for your mountain. Seek God for your nation. Seek God for what he created you to be and why he created you. Be that kingdom connection for someone else, just as God has established kingdom connections for you. Be that one that will open up a door for someone else, just as God has somebody to open up a door for you. Be that influencer. Be that one that God can trust and can use in this hour. So to him be the glory. I turn it back over to you, my sister. I think we only have about one more minute left, sis. And um, <laughs> on the show. We got three minutes left. I know. <laughs> yeah, you were gone. I just let you went ahead and just sit off. I, I mean, all I'm, I'm going to say is, no, 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 because what you said was important. But what I really wanted to say so many times is we have to get to that place. Because, see, that's what's, what's happening when you say the different influences. We try to go to our family, but our family is so broken. Then when we go to the church, then our church, like you're saying, so many people are caught up in titles, religion, situations, and who's going to be in control. So where do you learn right. from? See, our show is all, always about keeping it real. And I, and I love mm-hmm. the fact about the kingdom building and different things like that. But tell me, how do I get there? Because what's happening is, you get just like what we always talked about, this, right, but what's happening? Right, but who? But this is what I'm saying. We we know that because of the way we were raised, because of the the tutelage of when we came to Christ, what we were taught under. But for the ones that are listening now, for the ones that are trying to get there, for the ones that are that, that want to understand even more, that's what the show was created for to make other people understand how to get to that point. See, you can tell me all day long how to speak in tongues, but when the tongues is gone and I'm at home and the door is shut, what do I do now? We had a godmother, a matriarch, like you're saying, that taught us different steps and how to battle for it. But for the ones out there now, when they're going to the church and they're seeing the leaders fall 
And they're seeing, like you're saying, everybody's so caught up in titles and they're seeing leaders fall. There's still great leaders out there. But for the ones that can't make it to Joel Osteen's or Joyce Myers or T.D. Jakes or Pastor Atkinson's church or other ones that I want to definitely speak highly of if I didn't mention your name, what do we do? So that's why we have the show, because we need to tell people, like you're saying, the seven steps of it. I understood all that for a person that's been in Christ. But for those that are trying to get in Christ for the new year that we start in a new walk, and I've heard more and more people now say, I want to get close to God. But we're the influences just trying to show them how to get close to God. But we can't just talk God and don't explain them how to get there. That's what I tell people all the time. We got to stop talking religion and tell people mm-hmm. how to get there in a relationship. Because everybody, yeah. all like you're saying, people got to understand, just like what you were talking about today, which is true. There are steps to it, and you are going to make mistakes, and you are going to fall short. But for those who do do that and believe that there's no more hope, so they stop and they stop mm. the race and they turn mm. around and they go the other way. See, what we're trying yeah. to say is it is seven steps to influence how my sister says she turned it around. But see, you can't do church number one anymore because it's too hard to go to church to try to find help. So you even blessed to find good churches. You can't say home when so many homes are split up and people are not even talking for reasons they don't even know. So you can't say you can't say politics because when people look up and see Trump, they see a fool. And what who what? We're getting confused. I see what you're saying about when we get in those influential places, but just like David and so many other kings, that's why the Bible says Kings one and Kings two. Because all the ones that he put in control, even though they were great kings, they still faltered. They still fell short. They still yeah. took bribes. They still they lusted. They still yep. were tested. They still did everything. So people need to know that even in spite of all that stuff, there's still a chance if you keep your eye on the prize. And see, that's why I've seen everything that you were saying. I have several people listen tonight. And the reason why I had several people listen, I don't think they listen because, of, of course, at work and different things like that. But the reason why I tell people to listen, because people need to find hope and people need to know, period, spite of whatever way it is, you're seeking God and you need to seek him because he holds all the keys to every influence that you can possibly ever have. But how do you get to him? Absolutely. When you look in the word and you don't even know how to disciple it, how do you get to him when you go to church and then you got gay pastors sitting up telling you that it's okay or whatever. I'm not doubting them, but what's happening is all the influences in the land, even television tells lies to your vision. I'm like you, sis. I don't like watching television because it tells Mm -hmm. lies to your vision. You got to decipher what's the truth and what's not. So what's happening is we're not being real amongst the people. We're not being real. And I tell people, I'm trying to get into real estate. But see, all those who pass the test, when I go to them and go, tell me, what can I do to pass? Everybody go, oh, girl, I forgot all about that. You don't even need it anyway. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, Mm -hmm. but you've been put in position of influence. But instead of reaching your hand down and helping me and going, what, do you need something? Let me tell you. Uh, Let me try to help you. Or go research this, research that. Everybody's out for themselves. Mm -hmm. And everybody, Mm -hmm. that's what's so sad. That's why I miss the church Bethany and places like that. Because nobody anymore mm-hmm. is building churches. They're building sanctuaries and idols and mm-hmm. worshipers. Mm-hmm. They, all mm-hmm. they care about is that. You do have politicians. But like you said, sis, how many of them? How many of them that took a bribe and fell down and did everything? Yeah. So you're an influence. Yeah. But what's happening is now when you get in position, 
Now, those that are on top of you that don't believe in Christ, they're tearing you down. You need, we need to tell them what happens when that happens to them, when they're ridiculing you, when they get trying to get you fired and set in camp around you. It's not saying that God is not there. It's just something sometimes you got to go through. But that's another story, another time. I love you. And I didn't mean over talk as well. But what I want to let people know, whoever's listening out there, there's still always hope. There's still always hope as long as you're living and you're breathing. And keep trusting in God. And eventually, my sister and I, we will show you, God will be able to use us to tell you how to even get closer to Christ. Amen? Amen. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I concur with everything you said. But the the bottom line is we have to get to that place. This is why I said what I did, where you've walked through hell, but you had to walk through it so that you could get to that place where God could trust you. Because, see, it was while you were walking through hell and going through all the ridicule and going through all the slander and all of those things that you developed your trust in him so that you don't have to bow before the, the weight of the world so that you can stand upright and be an influence, a godly influence. But you do have to get to that place. You're absolutely correct, sis. You've got to get to that place in God, and you've got to start somewhere. So my whole heart tonight was to say, start now. Start getting in the presence of God now, face now for what he would have of you to do. Start getting into that one-on-one relationship with God now because as you grow in him, it'll, just be, it'll be just like Christ. When the word of God says that, that he grew in favor and stature with God and with man. So you have to get to that place where you get into the spirit of God, where you get before God and allow him to grow you up. You're going to have to go through some things. You're going to have to walk through hell. I'm sorry. It's the only way that you learn truly who he is. Because if you never had any tests, you don't have a testimony. That's just the real. We wish we all could go skip to my little, my darling, and not have any issues. See, it's not the way of life. You go walk through something. But the more you walk through and the more you take hold of his hand and allow him to walk you through it, the more you build up your stature in him. And you'll get to a place like Jacob did. When Jacob woke up and he realized that he had met face-to-face with God in that place, and he said, he was like, I was in the presence of God and didn't even know it. You have to get to that place where you can discern the presence of God. You have to get to that place where you know his spirit, you know his heart, you know his voice, and another you will not follow. But that comes with that relationship. And until you can get into that relationship and allow that relationship to be cultivated and developed just as in any relationship, then you can't get to that place of influence. So I agree with you, sis. I I would love to take the next few shows and one by one we can sit and we can talk about how to get into that place of relationship and faith in God so that you can walk in the things of God. I'm I'm all for that, all for that. I love that. Without a doubt. Thank you so much because let me tell you something, sis. We may not believe it, but when we ever heard a long time ago when we were in, in this beginning of the walk with Christ, we used to hear, the harvest is much, and the laborers are few. Well, I right. never in my life have seen it more than I've ever seen it before. I really thought that we as a people, and you got to hear me, should be much further than what we are when it comes to our relationship to Christ. I thought that, man, mm-hmm. being with, walking with him for 30-something years, you should have it together by now. But I remember seeing mm-hmm. the mother a long time ago. Mother, 
you're perfect. And she used to say, stop putting me on a pedestal. I'm not perfect. I'm not mm-hmm. perfect at all. Mm-hmm. And I said, will we ever become right. perfect? And she said, not until the day we see God's face. So what hey. people need to know, because what's happening, sis, and I'm, we, I know we're running over, but what's happening is we're becoming lost because we give up before the race is yeah. even over. Because we believe that we, we made one mistake or two. Yeah. We don't exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and we understand. Yeah. But we've always, mm-hmm. one thing I love when you told us when we first started doing this show, we were going to base this show on a foundation of being open and keeping it real. So we have mm-hmm. to keep it real with people because we don't want to get so churchy because that's what's happening right now. Everybody's so churchy yeah. that nobody's yeah. helping eat nobody anymore. Nobody's interceding yeah. anymore. Yeah. Nobody's having prayer yeah. meetings and going over your house. Good Lord, you can be sick for yeah. a whole month and I guarantee you a church member won't even come see you. They won't even know you're missing yeah. from the church. That's keeping that's it real. Bad. Now, yeah. what are we going to do? As a people to bring us back together because I'm going to tell you something. It's hard to even have family when you don't even have friends because you mm. can't even find a foundation in your family right now with your family being honest with you. There's more backstabbing mm. and more backbiting now in the home. You know why? Because nobody has nowhere to run anymore because the church was yeah. the place you were able to run and be, and be right. able to find peace. We were blessed. Because we had people like my grandmother and Mother Atkinson and, and Sister Waters mm. and people like that that interceded. We have mm. a Pastor Atkinson right now in Las Vegas, Nevada, Pastor Seneca, that know what intercession's about. But for those who can't reach mm-hmm. those small churches or those other churches where you get lost in the whole battle, it's our show, mm. your show, the one you created, that's going to be bring people closer to Christ and more like it and more like-minded. Amen. Amen. It's God's show, but amen. I do hear you, my sister. I do hear you. And that's why we're here, like you said, you know, is to, to encourage, you know, to encourage you not to give up, to encourage you to press into the things of God. Because you and I both have been very, very transparent, parent, and so was DL. You know, we definitely have never gotten it all together and still don't have it all together, but God. But God, those are my favorite two words in the Bible, but God, seriously. Um, he has made a way in spite of. So we trust and we love him. Sis, we got to go because it's going to shut us off in a minute. But I love you so very, very much. And, and I'm so sorry I talked so long. I love you, beautiful. Just, I wanted to get in no. all of the mountains. No, had, it had to be spoken. It had to be because you're a, you're a speaker. And you you know what God allowed you to do now? He allowed you to set the stage. So now people Amen. who are all is listening, well, our next couple of shows, like you saying, now we're really going to break it down to you and show you how yes. kingdom build. She gave you, she gave you the platform. Now we're going to show you how to build it. I love you, Seth. Amen. Amen. I love you too. You have a blessed week in the Lord. All of you. God bless. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's keep it real.